Welcome back in. It is the big show. Craig Bowler, Jake, sitting in for the vacationing or the tripping. Jake Scott. Don't know which one it is. <laughs> well, uh, with two kids, he's. I think he's tripping. Yeah, he's tripping probably. He's, yeah, he's definitely tripping. You know that voice, <laughs> yeah. Ron McBride and Alema Harrington in the house. It is Football Friday. All right, fellas, I asked you a question before we went to break, and I need to know an answer. The question essentially is, would you rather have a quarterback who can deliver the ball the best, accurate, with with pace, uh, understands the offense, or would you rather have a quarterback who didn't have quite the same pace, wasn't quite as accurate, uh, but could move around? Well, you said read defenses, too. For the for the first guy, and and at least my opinion, I don't know where Max stands on this. I I have a feeling, but I would take the guy that is the quarterback, not the running back, the quarterback that can deliver the ball, read the defenses, and make plays, put the ball uh, into double coverage on a dime. That's the guy that I want as my starting quarterback. So yeah, well we we've had that situation several times. So so we had Harold Lusk. And Mike McCoy, and Harold came in as a as a quarterback, and he could create, but you didn't know what he was going to create. Right? <laughs> but but he was a great athlete, right? And then you had Mike McCoy that could do. He could read the coverages. He's not gonna he's not gonna turn the ball over. He's gonna make good decisions, and he he knows how to win games. So. You know, we made the choice to go with Mike McCoy, which paid off, and then Harold ended up playing DB. So that was that. Then we had the same situation at Utah when we had when we had uh, Ed Smith, and then we had the kid from Oregon. So we had those two guys, and then we had Lance Rice, right? So then we lost the we lost our, our tailback situation. So all of a sudden, we get into the fourth or fifth game and then what we had to do we had to have a quarterback that could win a game not not just manage the game because Lance could if he, he had a good tailback around him he could manage the game and make good decisions but then we had to have a quarterback to win the game and then we had a choice between the other two and the other guy had a little more experience because he'd been around the situation so we went with him and and he won the last four out of five games. Is that about Brett Elliott? Brett Elliott. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Mac and, and Alema, to, to to my thinking, the O line still still plays a a role here in Absol- the decision making. Absolutely. I mean, you can have a pocket guy who can have three point six seconds to pop the ball downfield, read the defense, and looks like Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Or you may have a guy who has to run outside the the edge, right? And because the O line may not be as strong. So that has to come into the equation on who you decide to go with. Yeah. You're saying essentially that if the offensive line isn't going to do its job as effectively, you need to have a guy who right. can get away. You may and want to go with a right. pocket guy if you have the O line to protect him. You may be forced to go with a more mobile, athletic quarterback who maybe doesn't have the gun but can still roll out and buy you time and make something happen, make the, the play other, the happen. The other guy's going to get killed back there. He, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, if he's just yeah. a pocket quarterback, yeah. the pocket collapses every time he's going to be on his back <laughs> well, all night. Well, there's a, there's a good example, okay? So the, the kid, the, the FC quarterback that was at, at, uh, at the Jets before, okay? So Darnold, kid, are you talking about? Or? Yeah, Darnold, yeah. So, you know, I, I watched him practice a lot. When my son-in-law was down there, and the kid, the kid put the bunny right, you know, a dime, but he couldn't escape. So they're going, they're going to go down, and and they're they're playing uh, uh, Ohio State in a bowl game. So I go down and I'm watching Ohio State warm up and watching their D linemen, and I said. This guy's a dead man walking. <laughs> okay. And then I go and then I go over and watch the SC offensive lineman warm up. I said, they ain't blocking those guys. <laughs> you know? Because they're down there and there there's about eight of them. And they're just pop, 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 pop. their hands are moving like crazy. And they and I said, Man, these guys are good. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And then I go down and watch the SC guys warm up. I'm thinking I forget, 64, I think, was the right guard. I said, no. Not going to happen. <laughs> and I tell you what, I think that made Darnold's decision to go out, you know, after that game because, I mean, they just 
he didn't have a chance because, yeah. I mean, they couldn't protect him. You know? you know, when I hear Mac talk about offensive line, it always takes me back to when he was good enough to let me go down to uh, Price to watch uh, to watch Utah practice down there. And we, I, so I followed Mac around all day long. You know, he probably got tired of having me hanging over his shoulder the whole time. But during practice, it was the afternoon, Mac, and you were watching your offensive line, and you were not happy with what you were seeing. So you should have seen him. get. He gets out there, he's grabbing guys, and then he gets down in the stance, and he starts showing them what they need to do. And, I, Mac, I, I just sat there in awe. I could, he was, you were about as aggressive in that moment as I've ever seen you. You don't cotton. You know, you just don't. You can't stand guys not blocking right. I can't. Yeah, I can't stand the guys when they, when they don't execute what they're supposed to do. You know, it, it makes you go. You eventually you, you lose your mind. You know. <laughs> Here, here's the thing, though. I wonder about. We talk about Jaron Hall. He's a guy who's mobile, right? I mean, he can move around. The danger in that is a guy who is if he if he doesn't see his first guy, then he takes off running. Do you think that they'll be able to? get the message across to him to go through his progressions properly instead of depending on his own athleticism. Yeah. Well, I think the guy, you know, I really like, I like the kid, that, that particular kid, because I think he's, he, he comes from a family that understands football, the dynamics of football. The guy's is an excellent baseball and football player. So he's a competitive guy. And, I think, I think Roderick is is a good quarterback guy, and they'll get him to play within the system of what they want him to do, and the kid can create. I mean, he he can, he can create beyond what the play is. You what you worry with with a kid like Hall, is he going to get hurt? Mm-hmm. You know, because he's already had a couple of concussions, he's already had some a little bit of a history. You know of 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 that type of thing, so you hope that you hope that he can stay safe. And I know they've probably worked hard on on, on protecting him and making sure that he he's going to be you know keep him keep him free of of scrambling all the time. Coach, a question for me to you: How would you handle a Hall and and the pressure of being quickly compared to Zach? Because uh, that's going to be the top topic. On radio, uh, post-game, locker room, fans surround Lavelle Edwards Stadium. When one of the greats leave, how does the next guy step up? It used to be commonplace, Alinda, when mm-hmm. you played at BYU. Every year there's another guy just waiting to jump in. It's been a while since BYU's had a kind of quarterback that's gotten this much attention. Yeah, well, first of all, <laughs> the, you know, it's kind of how they handle him and say, hey, you're you're you. You don't have to. You're you don't have to compete against what Zach did here. You just have to compete against what you do, and and you don't have to worry about that. But the the people in the press are going to make that comparison. Damn the, media. The, the, the me- social media, man. Social media. Oh man. Uh, social media is brutal. Brutal. You know. You know so, you know. So it's going to be. But if they handle it, get right. And I tell you, his dad will keep him grounded. You know, keep the kid grounded because the dad's been through all that stuff. Yeah. And so he'll keep him grounded. And uh, and the kid's a competitor. I mean, the kid likes to compete. And you watch him in practice and stuff. He's a competitor. He's a competitor on the baseball field. He's a competitor on the football field. I always figured if a guy could play baseball in addition to his primary sport he must be a heck of an athlete well and the guy's a good a good baseball yeah, player yeah. not just a guy i mean he started on their baseball team as a freshman you know he wasn't sitting on the bench he was playing if you had if you all you guys if you were coaches and you're making a decision about a quarterback mac you mentioned the concussions there have been some injuries there would that factor in how would that change your opinion about a player uh, and how would it change your preparation with the second guy? Well, I think you're always preparing the second guy to play regardless because football is a brutal sport. Um, and I'm sure that, that Kalani and Roderick, they, they have talked to you know both of the, the, the other guys. It's like you guys need to be ready to play. 
and that because that's just how football is, and that quarterback is probably you know the odds are uh, you know the odds are against him playing all of the games, and so. You know, especially for the freshmen, you know, look for an opportunity to get him some time. But for Romney, you you want to make sure he's got enough experience. He's going to be ready to step in, so he's ready to go. The thing about Hall for me is the maturity. Because you ask, well, do you get worried about him wanting to tuck and run too early? And I've seen plenty of quarterbacks that, that have that tendency. And even uh, Taysom Hill, uh, you know, as you watched him mature, and in, in, as he went from his freshman year to his, his senior year, it, it changed over those seasons. And for Hall, um, he's you know sat out a season, had some you know time to play. He's also married and just had a baby. I mean, he's got a lot of things that that would support his maturing process. And I think that he understands the importance of him staying in the pocket. And realizing that he's not the running, I mean, he can hand it off to Algiers or Katoa or any of their other running backs. Like we have a running game, and it's not him. And so I, I, I like that part about you know Hall, where I'm not concerned that Hall is going to be be a freelancer out there and just kind of you know as soon as the pressure comes, he's going to tuck and run. And I think he's going to have good protection. That offensive yeah. line looks pretty good. At least yeah. the front line guys, I don't know about the depth. I was talking to Hans about that the mm-hmm. other day, and he, he wondered. He thought there were some rotation guys mixed in, but he thinks they need to stay healthy in well, order to. Well, the system is pretty ideal for a quarterback to be good with what they're doing. And, and I'll tell you, I love Algiers. I think he's a really good player mm-hmm. because he's a downhill tough guy. Mm-hmm. And you got the security of having a couple of uh, – and Katoa's a le- way legit guy. So you got a couple of running backs, and and I think their tight ends are really good. So what happens is is all of a sudden you can't just tee off on this guy and say hey, we're going we're gonna to blitz this gap to get to this gap because, you know, the running backs can't hurt us, you know. But the, the running backs are, are legit players. And Algiers is an NFL guy, mm-hmm. and he and, and uh, he's strong, he's tough, and I like him. And I like their offensive line last year. I thought it was very good. You know, very good players, and and they were and they were well coached. You know, the Grimes guy did a really nice job with them. And you watch them; they they picked up stuff. You know, they 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 played their edges well. They they used their hands well. I mean, they were good. They were good players. They're very good players. And I think they were all, all, all return missionaries, if I remember right. And they were good. They were they were good players on any day, you know, for any team. So if they have the same type of guys in the offensive line, then they'll be able to dictate to people what they're doing. And and I think the system, their system last year was really good because Zach was able to create on the boots, on the play action on different things, and, and he had good receivers. And now they've added, you know, the the two kids from, from Provo down there to go with the other guys they have. The Nakua brothers. So, yep. yeah. yeah. So they got the Nakua boys plus Holker and Rex are as good as yeah. two tight ends that I've seen at BYU in a long time. Might both be NFL guys. So, yeah, so they've got they've got more than they got more than one one person. You know, it's not like it's a one-man gang. I mean, they've got They've got security at running back, good tight ends, and good receivers. I've always thought that BYU, in the great years, Alema, in the great years, they've had really good receivers. Mm-hmm. Good tight and everyone, ends. Everyone talks, yeah. yeah, tight ends too. Everyone talks about the quarterback, but there, you look at the BYU's best years, check out who was catching the ball. Bellini's yeah. voice. Yeah, not always, not always yeah. burners. You know, these no. guys weren't always possession three guys. guys. They were guys with sure hands that run, ran good routes. Right, possession, yeah. caught it, didn't fumble, didn't yeah. turn the ball Yards over, after catch. I mean, you know, Potter's coming back. I mean, you got you got guys coming back on the receiving core that you can get it to. And I, I I'm a huge Puka uh, Nakua fan, and Samson Nakua, of course. You know, to have those two guys. Gunnar Romney, you, throw him yeah. in. Neil Gunner Powell. Romney. Yeah. They, they got guys mm-hmm. in that regard. I mean, we'll see how that goes. But all of these things that you guys were talking about should create a uh, 
a security blanket for Jaron Hall. Exactly, because you can't just say, "Hey, well, let's get let's get after this kid," you know, and let's blitz him. Let's do this because all of a sudden you got to account for a tight end, you got to account for a back, you got to account for a receiver. So what are you going to do? You're going to give up coverage on somebody so you can get pressure on this guy and force him force him to run? You got you got to make some decisions defensively about what you're going to do. Because I thought the 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 younger Nakua kid, Puka, Puka, yeah, yeah, I thought he was a special receiver when he when he came out of high school. Mm-hmm. Went to because, Washington because he could catch the tough ball. He had he had a great feel for a bad ball, you know. He just and he had really had good strong hands, you know. I mean, I watched the guy play. I mean, he, when I watched him play, I said he's a no brainer. I wasn't as high as on the younger, on the older one, as I was the younger one. You know, when you just watch him play. You guys feel like week two, uh, the matchup with BYU and Utah is a fair assessment of what what they have. They got the one warm up game right. Well, we- Weber part- State in Arizona. Then week two, it's BYU Utah. Is that enough? You know, it used to be Thanksgiving weekend, mm-hmm. right? Is that still in your guys' wheelhouse? Do you still get the best product from your players by that time? The biggest improvement teams made is is the second game of the year. Week two? Week two. Max, so, do you think uh, BYU would have beaten Utah last year? Yeah, I do. Because they, they were going to play them early. And I think it was it – was, and I think they were they were more more the ready, ready football team. So I thought that last year – yeah, I think early they would have, they would have got him because Utah was just kind of getting into who's the quarterback, who's this, who's that. Mark that, Austin. Mark it. <laughs> but it, mark it. I, I but, just watch but, a lemon say big grin, hey, big grin. So, so all the all all the BYU guys want to count it as win. But hey, I'm sorry, Alema. Yeah. Did you hear uh, Coach Beck? We beat we beat Utah last year. Hey, so, <laughs> Will the Jazz beat the Clippers? Uh, yeah. What if? But take that. What if? Take that little Minnie Mouse guy out of the game. What's his name? The guy. What's the guy from the Clippers that chases everybody around? Oh yeah. And drives yeah. them nuts. Um, uh, oh, Beverly. Now, uh, Patrick's I, gone, but yeah, Patrick. But I Beverly. called him Minnie Mouse. Minnie Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We'll we talk some BYU next up. Speaking of Utah, Alema, it might pain you, but we'll talk my, my about God, the Utes. My God, Alema wants to count that as a win yeah. last oh, yeah. year. Well, that's why? because, because we five in a long one. time, Mac. After ten, you're well, finally one. Hey, hey, Lemma. Yeah, I lived out of nineteen out of twenty-one years, so don't give me all that stuff about about you know where you guys walked down the avenue like you owned it. You know? Oh yeah, here comes the BYU guys, and then their stepkid is over here. We're gonna just walk over them. Yeah. And then this, 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 this McBride guy took over, uh, and yeah, next yeah, thing you know, McBride BYU started. Doing. Doing. And fans yeah. couldn't handle that he and Lavelle actually yeah. got along. Yeah. Oh, I love Lavelle Edwards. He's, he's that guy, best guy ever lived on this. He earth. didn't like yeah. you much, Mac. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you guys. No, he loved you. At first, he didn't like it because you were beating him. Right. I know that. But right. Uh, right. that was great to see the way you guys came together. Commercials were classic. Yes. All right, all right. We'll talk Utah football <laughs> coming up. Bowler, what do you got? Well, we're hanging out at Sleep Solutions, uh, 1002 South State Street, and a mo- moment with uh, the owner, uh, Todd. Todd, thanks for having us in, and you got the doors open. It's a great place. Let me ask you about the brands that you're bringing in uh, that are available to your customer? So the brand specifically, or I guess uh, the majority is Maloof products. So Maloof has several um, brands within the Maloof umbrella. So they have um, the Maloof Home, which is bedding and those types of things, their Wellsville mattress line. Then they have the Weekender line, which basically covers the Airbnb industry. Okay, and basically that that's pretty much what the the weekender line is. And then what they have is called the Salt Home, and that's the furniture line. Um, and it's up there with the West Elm Pottery Barn, that type of uh, uh, level of furniture. Firm, medium, soft, pillow top. Um, well, that's now again with the Salt Home. I'm talking about upholstered furniture, oh. sofas, that type of. Uh, so, but yeah, when you talk when, now, when you're talking that, of of course, you know. Everybody's different, and there isn't um, – someone come to you and say, well, what's the best mattress for me? 
And that might be totally different than what the best metrics for this guy over here is right. because everybody is so different. Um, but, yes, you got all the, the firm. you got the plush. you got the pillow top. You've got the um, – I need concrete. Yeah, I mean, it's just – yeah, just uh, – You like a hard match? Oh, I have to, yeah. And the whole yeah. industry has changed, especially in the last 10 years with – you can't even you, don't even you can't even buy a box spring anymore, okay, or a foundation. That just doesn't exist because everything's put on platforms. So um, mattresses, unless you go to real, real old-school factory somewhere in Pittsburgh that makes uh, – I'm thinking of a anyway a mattress specific company, but basically their whole shtick is, hey, we're going to build it like we used to. It's going to be double sided. You can flip it and all those things. The original mattress factory. Now I'm pushing another line. Um, <laughs> but no, but yeah. So, but the world's changed, and uh, you don't flip your mattress anymore. You rotate it. You rotate it. Yeah. I learned that myself. Like I learned, tires. Yeah, yeah. like rot- yeah, rotating tires. <laughs> hey, Todd, talk to me about, too, about placing an order and what your expectation for delivery is. Again, I'm going to under-promise over-deliver, but within uh, 7 to 10 days right now, and hopefully it comes sooner than we're heroes, okay? <laughs> but, yeah, and, but it's getting better. It's getting, now you're not, work, wait, you're not waiting 12 weeks and then still hoping you get it and just – yeah, I think that nightmare is over. All right, good. Be a hero. Shop at uh, Sleep Solutions. If you'd like to find out more, go to sleepsolutions.com. That's sleepsolutions.com. More of the big show after this. This is DJ and PK. Matt Brown joining us now, covering college football nationally for Extra Points Newsletter and Podcast. Do you buy the Pac-12 going to 14 teams? Do you think K-State and Oklahoma State would happen? And if so, is the Big Ten adding Kansas and somebody, maybe West Virginia? No, maybe no, else? no, 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 no. Institutional fit matters much more in conference realignment than a lot of sports writers give it credit for. But in the Pac-12, that means, generally, you are a state-sponsored large research institution that's good at multiple sports. That's not Kansas State. That's not Texas. Tech, that's not Oklahoma State. And none of them are good enough at sports to overcome that by themselves. There's really not a good option for the Pac-12 to add another team that will appease all of those presidents, whether that's in the Big 12 leftovers, whether that's an independent, whether that's a team in China. That team just doesn't exist right now. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. BYU named Jaron Hall the starting quarterback. You know that already. But Kalani Satake was asked, how much should Jaron Hall be worried about looking over his shoulder at Jacob Conover and Baylor Romney? I think if he just does what we expect him to do, we'll be fine. And then we, we work on the team dynamic and have have the team getting some success on offense. If he's doing what we've seen all camp, I mean, all three guys are capable of doing that, but I don't want a player looking over their shoulder. If he just comes to work and does what he's capable of doing, he'll be fine. That's how we, we operate. But part of doing your job is knowing that there's others that are hungry, chomping at, at the opportunity to get that, that spot where they can show themselves and, and get an opportunity to play. So um, that that's the pressure of being a Division one athlete, especially being the quarterback at BYU. Your Cougars at 30 update this hour brought to you by Zero Res. Your pets are angels, but urine-soaked carpet is a nightmare for your house. Zero Res has a specialized method to remove stains that leaves your carpet clean and smelling fresh. Schedule today at ZeroResSaltLake.com or ZeroResDavisWeber.com. More of Football Fridays now with Coach Ron McBride and Alema Harrington on The Big Show, presented by Stonehaven Dental and Mountainland Supply. Homo's done an incredible job of putting, I mean, we were the only, I mean, I'm, I hate to say we. Yeah, no, Coach, I, I, I feel you. Listen, we're together. You, me, no, the Cougars, I, we. No, I can't say that. You just I, did. I know, that was a, that was a mental error. <laughs> 
It is, it is the big show. Oh and goodness. it is Football Friday. Craig Bowler, Jake. I come back next week. Jake is going to take a permanent vacation. I got nothing to do for another four or five weeks. <laughs> okay, I just yeah, hang boy, out. Hey, hey. You're on, bro. <laughs> That's Craig Bowler, Jack, and you heard back. And Alema hey. is here as well. And we got it going on on a football Friday. Hey, we, now, got, yeah, we got two very high-priced guys over there. <laughs> with, with, this is true. Hey. Mac, that just means we're old, right? <laughs> well, well, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's, that's what it means. Yeah. That's what it means. But it's good to have you guys aboard again. We did it last year, and you guys have been doing it for a long, long time. But our listeners demand it. They demand it. <laughs> they had a, so, right uh, in. They wrote, had a write in. They had a write in. And they put it in the mail? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> We've been talking. No hanging chat or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. You know? I mean, you can't talk about that when you talk about BYU. Yeah. It's knocked that off. Okay. All right, so Alema has been in the house, and he's been grinning over there because we've been talking BYU football yeah. time after time after time. Let's talk some Utah football so Matt can feel a little better about I mean, what we, we're doing here. Yeah, we we spent already an hour and a half on BYU, <laughs> you know. So I don't. It's good so, stuff. Don't, don't well, you think, though? I mean, we're coming off the victory over Utah from last year. So, oh. I mean, it's, like, it's oh, the what if. We get to, we get to, I mean, the what if win. talk about it. But, I, but you know what? I'm glad that you have loyalty to your school. Yes. Yes. I think that's, that's so you didn't all of a sudden change colors. No. Because your guys are getting. Not like Hans. Because your guys. Hans, <laughs> Hans just, he kind of flies. It's in the wind, and he just, whoo. And, you know, he, he's a BYU guy. He's not a BYU guy. I, I, I pull him aside all the time. I said, Hans, like, just, just be the BYU guy. He's like, well, ah, ah. Yeah, but he's, he's, a, he's a media star. <laughs> that is so true. He, that he, is he, true. So, <laughs> as you know, Gordon, being a media guy, you can't show favoritism. You're not supposed to. You know, some guys do. So even though Hans played there, he's trying to play it right down the middle of the field. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> so, so Mac, let's talk some Utah football. Okay, good. Good idea. Cut out all the, the <laughs> okay, whatever this is. Let's go down. Uh, let's get to the real stuff. We, 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 we talked about Charlie Brewer earlier. Um, give your quick assessment of him and talk to us about the, uh, the Utah offense this year. Do you think it will be any different than what we've seen in the past? Namely, will we see more efficient passing? I would say with Brewer, yeah, you probably will. Yeah, I would, I would say for sure. And, and I think, you know, a healthy Covey makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Big time. And then uh, and they, have, they have three or four good receivers, and their tight ends are very good. You know, the, uh, the one kid. Uh, Keithy. Keithy. Is yeah, yeah he, can, he can really catch. And, and the kid can run. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's probably a 4-6 guy, maybe a little faster. And when you watch him. And when you got a tight end that can run, it kind of what happens is it he, he opens up a lot of things because you can't cover the guy with your outside backer, you know. So you're going to have to have a safety over the top, and all of a sudden it opens stuff up for the outside people, and you can be a little more creative. And Andy's Andy by by trade is a pretty conservative guy, you know. He's what you call a safe guy, and so he's going to make sure everything kind of fits into what what they're doing, you know. And Utah's committed to the run game. Right. They're committed to the play action game and they're com- they're committed to safe throws and they're committed to being being efficient on offense, possessing the football, not turning it over, not doing anything stupid, just controlling the tempo and the time of the game because that's really Kyle's mo, you know, is is that's what he that's what he likes to do. That's his philosophy, and and the coordinator he had before Which Andy. Which one? There's been about thirteen. Well, the guy the guy they brought from Sacramento. Yeah. That's at Sac State now. Uh-huh. See, he was more of a freelance genius. Thought he was a genius guy. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, all these quarterback guys think they're a genius. You know, in other words. They got, they got, they can, anything you put up on the board, they can beat. Yeah. But maybe reinvent they, the game. And maybe the guy that, that, that is, uh, you know, taking the snap, well, he can't, 
You know, and then the guy said, oh, yeah, well, I told him to put it here, but he put it here. <laughs> and then he only has to read half the field. He only has to read these two guys. You know, it depends whether you're talking spread guy or you're whoever you're talking. But all the quarterback guys are geniuses because they know they got all the answers. And if they're good at what they do, they should feel that way. They should feel that they got all the answers. But you can't just let them go off the cliff either. Coach, I was going to ask you about a Brewer being a graduate transfer, grad transfer. I think Witt uh, reported, what, Wednesday, the captains and Brewer wasn't one of them. Right. It was. And he said, you know, I thought it was really a, a pretty strong comment. Vote for the guy who you feel, you know, is more deserving, not because he's the quarterback or a rah-rah guy, but who right. he really feels like. What is that a – is that what kind of message does that send Charlie? It's it's hard, I would think, to be the new guy, but also he's going to be the guy. Yeah. So, so the players know that this guy that was hurt, you know, they know the challenge he take coming back. Right. And he fought through it every day. Every day, every day he's rehabbing. Every day he's competing. Every day he's competing to get back on the field, and. He, you earn the respect of your of your teammates by how you operate, and so all of a sudden, you know, they have a lot of respect for for this guy just because of how he's gone about his his daily deal and what kind of attitude he brings, and what kind of attitude he brings to the locker room, what he says, how he does things, and so when they say, you know, you elect the guy who's you feel is the most deserving, so the guy. That guy's obviously earned their total respect, and they know that he's fighting an uphill battle because right. the Brewer guy was good right away when he came when he came in there. So yeah, because he, oh, that shoulder was had to be put back together. Yeah, and you know it's a great compliment that even Witt saying that he can throw it. I mean, he's got a good tight spiral back on it, throwing the ball well. So yeah, that's that's good news for him. You know, with all these explosive offenses in the college game now, it seems like people are trying to stress it so they can be more explosive. What do you, Alema, what do you think of all these stacked defenses that are in vogue now? You know, we, when Bronco came to BYU with that 3-3-5, people were kind of mm-hmm. laughing at it. Now it seems like half of college football is employing either that or, what, the 4-2-5 or yeah. something. That's what Utah does, right? I mean, so what do you make of that? Is, is, is this just necessary because college teams have gotten better at throwing the ball? Well, absolutely. And, and I think you can go all the way back to Lavelle Edwards bringing in the West Coast offense. And it was so uh, novel, and I don't want to say gimmicky, but it, it, it was so unheard of to, to throw the ball like that in college football that uh, defenses had to eventually adjust. And then, you know, before long, then now you have a nickel back. Now you got a dime back in the secondary. Um, and but now you've got guys that are, are going from linebacker to safety and you or they play both of those positions. Um, and so those, those are all I think, Mac, you would agree it's that's part of the evolution of defense to be able to adjust to what the offenses are putting on the field right now. Are safeties interchangeable now with so, linebackers? Is so that mo- the most, most guys are recruiting Strong safeties to play linebacker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So most colleges, because of the spread offense, your linebackers have to be you, that the six three, six four, two hundred and forty pound linebacker is a thing of the past, because you're not dealing with you, now you're dealing with guys that have to cover and they have to be able to run, and and you don't have to you know because basically when you when you're seeing a spread offense, every spread offense has three or four plays that they run. They run zone. They run counter, they run they run stretch, um, you know. So that you already knew it that what what they're going to run because they got no tight end in the box, so they're limited in what they can run, and so a lot of times you're playing with a nickel or a dime, you know, but your linebackers have to be the the five ten five eleven six foot linebacker is more in vogue. The bigger linebackers are now playing rush end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, right. Yeah, stand up, yeah, rush yeah, in. Yeah, you're so hand on the floor. So and it's the same thing in pro football. You know, the the linebackers that are more that downhill, 
tough, tough guy. They're not in in vogue as much. Uh, and then plus, plus, as soon as you get, soon as you get into a certain down and distance situation, if you got one of those guys, he's out of the game because you got a cover guy in there. You know, Mac. I think another coach that was inventive uh, ten years ago was Art Bryles at Baylor because he spread the field to the absolute. I mean, to above the numbers right. on lineups, and you had to be you really stress some defenses, which goes back like how the NBA is that you don't want to have your positionless, you know, players yeah. except the five, which is what Rudy is. But in football, you've gotten to the point too, as Max said, man, with safeties becoming backers, and because you've got to be able to go sideline to sideline and in a blast, and that's I think our Browse when I was doing Baylor games, he was the one that put more stresses on teams that they played every week because that field was was sideline to sideline, and so much space, empty space you had to cover. Exactly. Yeah. So for instance, okay, you talk to any scout out there that's looking for a pro offensive lineman, they're having a hard time to determine if they're really good because most of them are on a two-point stance. Right. And you can't tell, can this guy drive block? Is he aggressive? You know, because it's it's the steps are lateral steps, not forward steps. And it's more you just kind of steer, what you call steer somebody right. into what you in the gap you want them to go. And so you don't see a, a big aggressive guy. But like last year with BYU, we saw more. You know, those guys were coming off mm-hmm. the ball. Those guys were big, aggressive guys, and they were, and they were preaching that as part of it. But the majority of the zone people, two-point stance, you're just trying to shield, and protection is is primary, and you, it's hard time to judge who is really good. Is that six-five, two hundred ninety-pound guy? Is he any good, really? Is he tough enough? Because he hasn't had to do much in college except just step here, step here, lateral steps. Didn't have to be aggressive. Just take the guy where he wants to go. Right. All right. When we come back, Mac is going to tell us uh, the best football story of his career. I, I, I want and and Alema is going to tell us. What's true and what is, you know. <laughs> what? You know I, I, I just need the, you know. How are we going like, to like know? He's like the truth machine over here. He's going to. Can we trust Alema, though, for the uh, well, truth? Well, I mean, he's sort of uh, the fact checker. Okay. On well, what Max's story, uh, you know, because I know he's heard them all. So, uh, anyway, stay tuned for that. You'll hear Max Green's story. Uh, and uh, we'll get into it coming up next on the big show. <laughs> All right. What story? The top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the top 60 and 60. Weekdays at one. 30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. Oh, yes. Band of the Day Led Zeppelin. Big show. Greg Bullerjack sitting in for Jake, Gordon Monson, Coach Mack, and, of course, Alima Harrington. My boys call him Aliyama, by the way. Back in the old days. BYU. guy. BYU. BYU guy. I'll take you. Hey, uh, welcome back. TryDayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TryDayTrading.com. How the markets do today? It's a good day for the markets, uh, guys. The Dow was up uh, 242 points. On a Friday? That's pretty doggone good. What else? Oh, I thought you were wrong. What else? Sorry. Oh, what I thought else? I, Did you hear him say he was doing something? No, I heard him say he wasn't. Oh. Hold on here. Wait a hold on a second. I'm cleaning up my ears. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. The Nasdaq was up uh, what was this? A hundred and uh what does that say? Hundred and ninety three <laughs> points. <laughs> Let me look over your shoulder here. What does that say, Bowen? Uh Nasdaq uh actually it was up one eighty three. <laughs> Close enough. 
and the S&P was up 39 points. Your eyes must be terrible because Bowler's eyes are notoriously bad. Well, these I got these I'm not reading that old. Gla- I got these reading glasses about 25 years ago and they're not doing the yeah. job, I guess. Yeah, anyway. They're the size of a nickel. How are you okay. supposed to look at those? I don't get it. <laughs> it was a gift. Okay. All right. So, I promised a story from you, Mac. Uh, I you've got we talked earlier. You got about 5,000 of them. Right. Give our listeners a well, good story and Alema's going to fact check. Okay. Okay, so if probably, it's entertaining, it's true. Probably the one that the the one that would be more prevalent for you would be the time of, the first time we beat BYU mm. down there in nineteen whatever year it was. And what year that, was that? Ninety three? Ninety two? Ninety three? I think. Ninety three. And so, anyways, it's a really good f- football game, right? And our kicker, it, we the year before we. We played in a the bowl game at Arizona, and then the the guy missed the kick to win the game, right? And it was like a chip shot, it was like it, like a like 16 yards or something, you know. <laughs> and so we go, we get to this this game, and 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 Jurgensen, the the kicker, right? So there's so there's no way this guy can kick. Was it 50, mm-hmm. 56 or fifty seven yard, whatever it was? Yeah. It was a pretty long field goal, and so, so it, and and this is their your blanket day or whatever it is down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so when when we watched senior senior day, senior day, blanket day, blanket day, blanky day. So we man. yeah we walk in we walk in the stadium you know that day and. They're they're all happy to see me because they know that they're going to beat us. And they're all happy. Oh, good to see you, coach. You're doing really good. You know? <laughs> give, me, give me that old slap on the back deal. Like, great job up yeah, there. Yeah, great, pat on great the back. job. You're showing, oh, yeah. you're showing some signs, you know. So, <laughs> and, and so, you know, I knew I knew when we got off the bus that we were going to win the game because we were ready. You know, I mean, the players were ready. Everybody was ready. The kids didn't walk off the bus; they sprinted off the bus. So I knew that was that was going to be the day, right? And so, so the kid kicks the field goal to win the game, right? So Derek Whitten, who's a snapper, he took credit for for the whole thing. So he says he says to me, he said, "I snapped it before he was ready." Because if he had to think about it, he'd have never kicked a throw. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, and Derek Wynn's a doctor, right? So he he said, you know, you're probably right, dude. <laughs> Smart dude. <laughs> but, you know, that that really changed the whole complexion with the BYU-Utah thing. Uh, because then we beat them down there on a crucial day. And you'd have thought that we just stole the whole world, you know, because those people who were nice to me on the way in. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. They, it, oh, it, we, it, we hate it when you win down there on senior day when it was back the last game at the last home game. Because we're giving out blankets and everybody's singing Utah Man in the visitor's <laughs> corner. Yeah, That's they, why you give the blankets out before the game now. Do you remember what Lavelle said to you walking off? At midfield? Uh, not much that day. You know, I said, nice game. You know, that's basically what he said. And I remember my daughter had, they had told her before, hey, I just drive the car up here and park, pick your dad up, you know, whatever. They, they, they were going to tow my car away. <laughs> she drove up. They said, we're towing your car away. And my daughter said, my daughter said, yeah, the guy's towing her car away. I said, well, that was really nice when we came in. Yeah. And, and, uh, Doing good work down up there. Doing good work. And, now they're going to tow you away. And, and all these, there was about 15 Utah people there, and they're all hanging on the goalposts, right? Like this. And all these BYU people are like, oh, you know. And, and, I hate you. I hate you. you I hate, hate you. you. <laughs> yeah. And I tell you what, so I go to my church on Sunday, you know, the, the Mormon church in my neighborhood. <laughs> So, so none of the. That's the first time he's darkened the door. Oh, uh, you walk in. Hello, years. hello, so everybody. I, I go strutting in there like this. Hey, go, go! You know? And and none of the BYU people showed up to church uh. that Sunday. 
and, and they were all home. I said, where's all the BYU people? <laughs> because it was, there was so much pressure, you know, to get that done, you know, to get that thing off your back, you know, that they, the stigma that, you know, you were like a junior league and they were a major league and you were, you know, they could just walk over you whenever they wanted to and all those things. But you had to, you had to, in order to be successful at Utah, you, you had to make a statement and you had to make a statement at BYU because that's where they look, hey, we're here to stay. You were you were the minor league, BYU's the major league, and like uh, Inspector Clouseau said, when uh, the guy ruined his uh, Steinway piano with a what was it like a what was that a wrecking ball or something, and and, and the guy says that's a fifty thousand dollars Steinway, and Inspector Clouseau said, nit. <laughs> but, so that was back after that. That business was taken care of. The teams were, but they er, they earned it, and that was the thing. It wasn't yeah. a lucky win. That that was building the program and then winning the game, and then now all of a sudden, as he mentioned, uh, changing the complexion. By the way, fact checkers, eighty-seven point three percent accurate on that story. Uh. Yeah. Good. What was in that? Well, the other stuff was just to make it entertaining, which is acceptable. <laughs> like the guy who was going to tow his car away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what, he, yeah. He was real. 89.3. Yeah. 89.3%. 89. All right, guys. Well, listen, this was our first football Friday. And uh, I, unless you guys want to stick around, uh, you can hey, if you want. Well, we got football games. Hey, High I, school I, football hey, games. Hey, I got to roll to, to the. To the the Juan Diego. <laughs> you, got, you got practice. No, you got games. No, game, got game. no. got Taylor, Taylersville. Taylor, and I got we're gonna go out Corner to Canyon. Canyon. Bingham uh, tonight. Right. Oh, boy, that's going to be yeah. so on, on, I tell you what. On KJS. Hey, tell me this. Do you think that Bingham can hang, hang with these guys? No. Yeah. Corner Canyon. And, and I got a lot of respect for Coach Peck. We all do. Um, but corner Peck coach, I have, kids now, now I, I, I did a, a Bingham game earlier already this year. So I've seen them. I haven't seen Corner Canyon in, per, in person, but I know what they're, they're capable of down there. And they put up 80 something or 70, 80 points on Farmington in the first week. Well, yeah. And then what they did against East. Yeah. They, you know, dismantle East. Yeah. They, they, they scored like 35 in the, the first or second yeah. quarter against. And he says good players. They have very good players. Yeah, so we'll see. Doesn't Corner we'll see. Canyon have guys uh, applying to get in there from all over the country now? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, well they, hey, I tell you what, he's done a, he's done an exceptional job there, and he's got a great system, and he's got really good receivers, and and they do they do a good job. I mean, yeah, they're, 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 and their defense is good. Yeah, like Satara has done a great job with sure, well, the defense, and that's why I think you know their offense is phenomenal. Yeah, well, Sotero's a good dude. Yeah. He's a really good guy. And uh, he's Frankie. It's not Frankie. It's uh, – is it Frankie? Coach Care? No, Sotero, the defensive coordinator. I don't know his first name. I know his first name is Coach. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, here's, here's a guy doing the game. He doesn't know the coach's first his name. His first name is Coach. coach. It's Coach. Hey, hey, hey Coach. Hey. Yeah. Hey, that's brave. That can get you out of everything. Coach Mack. Yeah. Coach Edwards. You don't even have to remember the last name. Just yeah. Coach. Coach. Right? Yeah. Bowling. Hey, did I tell you? Let me do, I'll tell you one thing about. Here we go. Uh, see see uh, what you did? Yeah. You did this. Off the rails, baby. So, Austin, hang yeah. in there. Hold on tight, buddy. We're in, we're in Tampa, right? It's the middle of the summer playing golf. Nobody plays golf in, in Florida. No way. Okay. So we're. We get done playing, and we're in the, in the bar having a drink, having lunch. And the, the girl says, hey, where are you from? From Utah. Oh, really? What do you do over there? I said, I coach football. She says, well, he says, you know this guy? Do you know of this guy, LaBelle Edwards? I said, yeah. Yeah, I said, I know him well. Yeah, he, he coaches the other school there. She said, she said so. She said, "He's the guy that wears the black hat and rides in the, in the little in the cart, right? You know, they thought we we were uh, all, everybody out here was uh, what do you call those guys? Oh, Amish. Amish, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so she thought Lavelle was the Amish guy. Oh, funny. Yeah, I said, no, no, no. This, we're not Amish. I mean, 
I mean, LDS people, are, that's not Amish. That's a, that's a religion. Okay, but it's not Amish. He said, no, you guys wear the black hats and riding the carts and stuff like that. I think she probably already, you know, snorted. <laughs> she, made been, she got ahead of you there, Max. <laughs> she did. But, but I said, no, 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 no. I said, he's sort of head of the church, but it's another church. <laughs> wrong, wrong outfit. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen any buggies going down the no, street. No, not lately. Head, no, yeah. not since we've been here. Might in Provo, maybe. <laughs> oh, whoa. Whoa. Wow. shot. There it goes. What a way to end that segment. Uh, well, <laughs> well, let, I'm sorry. Man. I apologize. Hey, that's Coach Mack. That's Alumna Harrington. Unbelievable. Great to see you guys. Good to okay. see you guys. <laughs> hey, we're broadcasting today at uh, 1002 South State Street and wide open. The doors are opening today. Excuse me. At Sleep Solutions. And with me is the owner. Todd, uh, Todd, wow. What a way to break this door open, right, today with Alema and, and Coach Mack. I mean, we got the celebrity group here. I mean, like, how can it get any better? Man. We, we found out today, too, these two go way back. Yeah, so. oh, yeah. we did. That's, That's kind of nice. great. Yeah. Any friend of Mack uh, deserves business, right? Hey, then we got Denise calling from Mississippi. <laughs> she's, getting her, she's getting her hair done in Mississippi. <laughs> Denise Taylor used to be head coach yes, of the uh, right. Stars. Yeah. yeah. Mac was talking to her on the phone. <laughs> it's a big, happy family. Mac yeah. knows everyone, by yeah, the way. And, Todd, talk about the opening today because uh, it's, it's great. The doors are open. Floor models are available to look at. You place your order, and before you know it, hopefully the trucking industry is uh, back uh, up, on, uh, up and running as it should. And you got your uh, your beds uh, delivered right to your home. That's right. Just uh, totally eliminate the delays of of um, having it come to a store, and then picking it up, having it delivered. It's just all it's all kind of condensed. And um, and again, if you need us to come and set it up, of course we'll come do that. Now we still have time. If you want to go to Sleep Solutions. Dot com. That's with a triple Z dot com. You can enter to win a queen mattress, which we'll give away a little bit later today. Yeah, and if they don't even want to register, if they're driving down, come down. We'll get you registered when you get here. Let's do whatever we can. Um, yeah, we just got to, we want people here. Taco trucks all set up now. Come on and get dinner and um, take care of what you got to take care of. But come on down and visit us. This whole thing here is just, it's for us to launch ourselves. And us to brand our names. And the more that we can share this with you guys, the better it's going to be. And this, um, this uh, marathon um, is going to keep going, and we're going to keep going. All right. Sleep Solutions, and I like it because the triple Z, you know, Gordon, you, you go out like a rock at night. And those <laughs> sleep are those, Solutions. Yeah, because yeah, that means you're, sleep, you're sleeping soundly yeah. on a bed from uh, Sleep Solutions. Check us out. Come on down. Uh, we'll be here until 6 o'clock. It's 1002 South State Street. That's sleepsolutions.com. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Brian Fisher joining us. Is there a scenario where you could see the Big 12 rebuild and invite BYU to be a part of it? It's going to be certainly an intriguing process for the Big 12 as they look at potential expansion candidates. But in my mind, being able to land a program with a national fan base like that, that already has a good relationship with, with broadcast partners like ESPN, that has history of football success, it, it makes a lot of sense. I think the bigger question in my mind is how much does BYU want to join the Big 12? But I think no doubt the Big 12 should strongly consider BYU and kind of go from there with potential other travel partners. I mean, you look at that Boise State up there, it's no secret that they want to leave the Mountain West. You can bring in those two schools. Just the profile uh, that they would bring would help in terms of kind of restoring some of the luster that the, the Big 12 has lost. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.